I want that new album. I want that video editing software. It's just so expensive. I'll never be able to get ahead if I've got to pay for all this. The people who made this music and created this computer program are filthy rich, and they don't really need my money. I can just download these for free off the internet. They'll never know, and they're not going to miss it either. Good morning, and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkes-Barre in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, please stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. If you miss the radio program, then look for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube at 9 a.m. on every Sunday morning, where these are uploaded. You'll find previous ones there, as well as other content. You can find us at godsresistance.com. That's our central hub. And on Facebook, Twitter, Gab, YouTube, and Rumble at God's Resistance, and that is spelled G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure when you get there to like and follow and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. You can also contact us directly at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. This morning, we are going to deal with the last two of the Ten Commandments. They kind of go hand in hand, um, and I'd like to make a case that the last commandment is kind of involved in a lot of the other commandments. But we are speaking specifically about thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not covet. We think about stealing, and there's still somewhat of a collective consciousness, perhaps, in the American culture where we realize stealing shouldn't happen. We're at least quite offended and upset when somebody steals from us, and we don't like that. Even criminals are angry when their criminal friends or someone else steals from them, even though they themselves make their living off of stealing. We realize stealing is infringing something of ours. That's mine. doesn't belong to you. You can't take that. And yet, it seems to be something that is becoming more and more accepted in the sense of, you know, it's just a small little thing. It's not a big deal. If you're stealing a car, that's a problem. But some of the other things, not so big a deal, maybe. And I think that's because we're getting numb. We're getting numb to sin in general in our culture, in our society. 70 years ago, uh, people generally had more of a, a sense of decency and honesty than they do now. Some people think that we're progressing in society. We're getting better. We're not getting better. We're getting worse. The farther we depart from God, the worse off society is, the worse off each successive generation after that becomes. And we think that we're somehow evolving. Uh, we are devolving. We are going in a downward spiral. And if we do not look into God's law, allow God's law to pierce into our heart and tell us who we really are in the sight of God, be convicted over our sins and convicted is convinced God's spirit telling us you are not who you think you are and you have transgressed and your heart is black and dark and wicked. Oh, it's not black, dark and wicked, though. 
that's not me. I don't do these terrible things. Well, if we break God's commandments, our heart is black, dark, and wicked. That is humanity. Humanity is not essentially good. Humanity is bad. There is evil inside of our heart. And the salvation of Jesus Christ is the only thing to help us through that. But let's start here first with stealing, and then we'll move on to coveting the second half of the program here. But the Bible says in Exodus 20, verse 15, Thou shalt not steal. You shouldn't steal. And it's not like you shouldn't steal because this is good advice. This is good life advice. Thou shalt not. Don't do it. That's the directive. It's very strong. It's very firm. Why? Because God thinks highly of people's private property. Others perhaps may not think so highly of private property, but God thinks highly of private property. God thinks so highly of it, he tells other people not to take something that doesn't belong to them. It's not theirs. God protects private property. Why? Uh, There's probably many different reasons, but if somebody is working for something, and they have invested the time and effort into acquiring whatever this object may be, then somebody who has not put in that time and that effort, that work, that diligence, has no right to that. If that were the case, and God allowed it, there would be no incentive to work. And we're going to get into a little bit of that in in just a, a minute. But God says that There are certain things that belong to people, and they are stewards of the the things that they have, and other people do not have a right to just take whatever they please solely because they want it. And that's why I think uh, thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not covet are so intertwined, because oftentimes the justification for taking something that's not yours is because you badly want it. So then you try and get it, but you try and hide it because you know inherently it's not right for me to take something that doesn't belong to me. But oftentimes, coveting is where it all starts. I want what that person has, and I'll do whatever it takes to get it. So it protects private property. It also protects the right of workmen that are receiving wages. So we're not supposed to be going to work and working for free. I mean, if you volunteer and that's an agreement you have, no problem. You can do that. But it's expected that if I am working to make a living, then It is stealing from me if my employer does not pay me what he agreed to pay me and what I agreed to him to receive for my labors. So this thou shalt not steal also protects the right of a workman who is receiving wages. Oftentimes, and especially in a corporate world, you have you hear stories about somebody who's a CEO or whatever, and people are very upset because he's stingy, he doesn't pay. Uh, the way that he says, um, he kind of takes advantage of us, the little people, and people get very upset about that, and rightfully so. There's In the Bible, it says that God will listen to the cries of the poor. They're crying up into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, and they're basically saying, we've worked, but we've got no money. People are depending on their wages. So if you say, if your if your employers uh, the agreement is you get paid weekly every Thursday or Friday, then you should be getting paid weekly every Thursday or Friday. It shouldn't be back and forth. I remember I I I'm trying to be a little bit vague here on purpose. I don't need to talk about people, but there's a situation that I was um, kind of 
involved in in some respect in which some someone had a reputation of not paying um the employees the amounts that they said and the certain times that they were agreed to be paying they needed money each week and that was the agreement that they had because they have a wife they've got children uh, and this is not just one person's many different people that were depending on this boss and this boss tried to weasel his way out of this so many separate ways no that's not what i said or here's what the problem is and here's the when the bottom line is you are stealing from these people. If you have said that here is this job, you will get so much per hour or whatever they agreed upon. This is your wages and you will be paid weekly on this day. It shouldn't be drawn out week after week after week. I can understand if accidents take place and you got to talk to your guys if you're a, a you know business owner or something and say, listen, I'm sorry, this is what it is right now. Um, I am in a mess. I want to get this to you as soon as possible. Accidents happen, I get it. But when it's happening repeatedly like that over and over again, there's a problem there. You are you as the business owner, as the employer, are stealing from your employee by not giving them that which you promised for their labors. That is robbery. And God doesn't appreciate that. So this thou shalt not steal protects a steal protects the right of a workman receiving wages. We understand very readily and condemn robbery and theft when it's overt acts of it. You know, somebody, you know, busts the window of a store, rushes in, takes things that don't belong to them. Somebody goes into a bank at gunpoint and says, give me all your money. We get that. Okay, there's a thief. Somebody breaks in someone's house. Uh, I remember when I was younger, somebody threw a brick through an atrium door that we had in the downstairs of our house went inside and stole a bunch of stuff out of our home. We felt violated, you know? You feel like, oh man, you don't feel safe. You can even be in your house anymore. Uh, it kind of messed me up when I was a little kid. But we get it when people do those overt acts, but w when it's disguised as something else, we don't readily condemn it the same. Um, for instance, the government can legalize robbery, and the majority of people end up condoning it, by their voting because they don't know God and God's judgment is upon us as a nation. Um, this, is, this is why this commandment uh, forbids communism. Um, some people think communism is wonderful. It's legalized stealing. I remember what I said before. If somebody's working diligently to get something and they put in the time and the effort to do so, and then they don't get to reap the rewards of their efforts, but some other lazy person who's not doing work and not doing you know, trying to do their part is now taking from this other person, even though it's on the books and it says it's legal, it's still wrong in the sight of God. It is robbery. <clears throat> and you cannot do that. I remember thinking, this was back years ago, um, I got my taxes back and I can't remember how many kids I had then, maybe three. Um, and I thought, what I just got back in taxes is one third of my annual income. Where did this money come from? It's not mine. I didn't pay it in. And I tried to go to the IRS office and I said, like, I don't know where this money came from, but I don't really feel right taking this. Um, and they said, the only way that you cannot take it is if you lie in your tax return. And I thought, yikes, I don't want to do that either. Uh, so it put me in a, a, a spot. Well, I had a guy who I was working for. He was pretty, 
he's a pretty well-off man. He worked for it. He's a good businessman. And I was praying about giving the man that chunk of money. And I talked with him about it. I said, you probably paid this in. Uh, I said, I, I don't, I don't want this. I, I don't know where this came from. I, you know, this, this just like, it's like stealing out of someone else's pocket and giving it to me. And I didn't put the effort forth to do this. I said, this, this feels wrong to me. And he just said to me, no, I, uh, this is how it works, you know, and I paid in and I know that this is how this stuff kind of happens. So just take it as a, a gift directly for me. You know, something to that effect is what he said. The government was essentially legalizing this stealing. That's what communism is. It's legalized stealing. It creates uh, a disposition not to work because there's no incentive to do so. And then there's a predisposition to steal. Now it's the handout mentality. You owe me. I need this. This, this belongs to me. I'm entitled to this amount of money. That's, that's what's going on in America right now. We're not full-blown communism, but we certainly got a bunch of communist people that believe that ideology in our country that are trying to make that go forward, and it flies right in the face of God. It flies right in the face of this commandment, thou shalt not steal. That is why these people that believe in communism and the ideology or socialism and their ideology, uh, the reason that they believe in it is because they hate God. They hate God, and so they're going to take this away from you know this person or that person, uh, and it's a terrible situation to be in. So that's where we are here with communism. Uh, we get possessions by a free gift, or we get possessions uh, by working or something to that. Uh, that. That's how we're supposed to be getting it. Uh, people freely give it to us, or we work for it. Communism is legalized stealing. The great majority uh, of stealing is performed because of a refusal or a distaste for patient toil. So here's a bunch of them. Pirating software and music. I don't want to pay for the music. I just want it, so I'll download it illegally. Doing my own business on the clock. So I punched in. I'm not giving my employer a good day's wage. I'm kind of just fooling around on their dollar. That's stealing. Lying on your taxes. That's stealing. You're holding back money to whom money is due, custom to whom custom is due, as the scriptures speak. Taking another's position or promotion. And uh, I mean, that can just be through manipulative tactics or something. You take somebody else's um, position, you take somebody else's promotion, it really rightfully belongs to them, and somehow you've got your way in there and swindled your way in. False advertisement is stealing. Promising something, something to somebody under a certain guise uh, in your advertisement, and yet your product doesn't perform the way you said, or you don't back it up, you're a swindler, you're, you're a liar, and you're stealing from people. Unjust weights or false measures is stealing. Um, there's been accusations, you know, obviously with the election system, which all of us are privy to. And I'm not saying whether, I'm not trying to get into an argument whether or not this actually happened. I'm just saying this is what has been said, that if they're uh, this Dominion voting software or whatever, they put some mathematical algorithms in the back where for one candidate, one vote equals 1.25. For another candidate, one vote equals 0.75. That is an unjust weight, an unjust balance, a false measure, and it's stealing if it in fact did happen. That, but in and of itself, whether or not you believe it actually happened is totally irrelevant, but I'm just saying that even hypothetically is stealing. Um, laziness on the job is stealing. You're not doing what you are hired to do. Holding back wages, as I mentioned before, is stealing. 
Not paying back debt is stealing. I'm not saying that, you know, if you're trying your best or whatever that you're stealing, I'm saying that when you owe money to someone else and you take it to yourself and use it for all your own things above your necessities and don't pay back the person you owe, that money isn't rightfully yours. It is the person you borrowed it from. So you are stealing if you are not paying it back. If you're borrowing something and you're not returning it, an item even, that is stealing if you are not giving it back. I'm not talking about being forgetful, though we should be better about remembering, but I'm talking about not giving something back when you know it's not yours. You borrowed it from somebody. Maybe you did it years ago. That's stealing if you don't return it. You you should return it. Plagiarism. That's stealing somebody else's ideas. You don't give credit to the person you got all this from and you tout it as your own. You are stealing somebody else's hard work, somebody else's toil. And I remember I said the great majority of stealing is performed because of a refusal or a distaste for patient toil. Are you a thief? Are you stealing based off of some of these things that I've said here and based off the word of God? So where do all of our sins come from? Jesus said it comes from the heart. But I do think that the next verse in Exodus 2017, where remember I said we were dealing with two commandments at this at this program. Um, it says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, so there's adultery, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass or donkey, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. I think coveting oftentimes is the root of, say, murder, stealing, adultery. Um, Coveting is even uh, when we break God's Sabbath laws, we don't rest and give one day of worship to God. Um, coveting is where we would give ourselves to idolatry or you know putting other things before God. Usually coveting is the basis of all of those other sins because we have a, a heart that's full of lust. So what is coveting here? See, the, the, the difference here with coveting compared to some of the other sins is it's not so easily detected by other people. You, uh, you probably know whether or not you're doing that in your own heart, if you're honest, but you can hide it fairly well from other people unless it, it moves on into covert acts of stealing or something like that, or adultery or something like that. So w- coveting, even Paul said this in Romans chapter 7, coveting is where when it said, thou shalt not cover it, he realized there was, a, there was a way deeper problem inside of his heart than just, you know, well, I keep everything good on the outside. I don't do this evil. When it said, thou shalt not cover it, he realized, ooh, that law has pierced far deeper in my heart, and I am in big trouble right here because I can't do that. He knew that in his heart. So what is coveting here? Coveting is to delight in, to set your heart upon, to desire to possess, to pant after. I do want to say that desire in and of itself is not evil. If we did not have desire, we wouldn't do a whole lot of things. We would have not, not really any motivation to do stuff in life, not motivation to work, no motivation to uh, deny ourselves of things for a greater cause. I mean, without desire, we, we wouldn't do a lot of things. We wouldn't eat right. We wouldn't uh, exercise. We wouldn't procreate. We wouldn't do kind deeds to other people. Desire helps us in many different ways. But coveting in this regard is a negative desire. 
It's to desire something outside of the bounds of the laws of God. It's forbidden. So if we can think of coveting in that way, desire for a wife, not wrong, not bad. In fact, it's, it's a good thing for a man to desire a wife. However, if I'm desiring another man's wife, now it turns into this negative desire where I'm wanting something that's outside of the bounds of the laws of God. Desiring to have, um, you know, uh, say a good savings in my, in my savings account. Maybe I, I'd like to have five grand in there. Nothing wrong with that desire. However, if that desire leads me then to take things that don't belong to me to get to that, then I am coveting. There's something wrong and I'm doing it to somebody else's stuff. Maybe I'm taking somebody else's belongings to fulfill my desire. This is what coveting is here. Let me say it one more time. To desire something outside of the bounds of the laws of God. To desire that which is forbidden. So the only way to rein in God-given desires under God's law is through the work and power of the Holy Ghost inside of our heart. We can try and rein all these desires in by sheer, sheer human force or of will, but we, we realize that reality is not really there. Like I had mentioned before, coveting was the one command that slew Paul, where I was saying in Romans chapter 7. It was the only commandment he could not successfully perform outwardly. Until you and I are saved, we live and move at the whim of our desires with very little restraint. I remember when I was unsaved, it's basically like, if it feels good, do it. If I want to do it, I will. And now, that there, I guess some of your, your culture that you live in, some of maybe your upbringing and what you were taught, it may stop certain grosser things from happening, or the depth of, of wickedness may be curbed a little bit. But ultimately, your desires are with very little restraint, especially when you leave home and go off on your own. You kind of explore those desires a little bit more because maybe your parents were a check on it when you were a kid. Maybe they weren't, and maybe that's why you're in such bad shape now. You've got to take responsibility for your own actions, though. You can't just leave it as your parents' fault. They, they could have done wrong, and they may not have done what they should have been doing. You can acknowledge that, but push that out of the way before it poisons your soul and doesn't help you get moving along further in your life here. But coveting is that the only way we're going to deal with it, or any sin for that matter, and get victory over it, is the salvation of God through Jesus Christ. Coveting in the heart can cause somebody to break commandments number five through nine. So we talk about dishonoring parents. Jesus spoke about that problem with some of the people of his day. They would say, you know, you're honoring your parents, you would, you would give them money, you would take care of them. Uh, you know, those kind of things in the Hebrew culture, they, those people, the religious people especially, would say, Corbin, Corbin. What that means was they were saying, it's a consecrated gift. So anything that you, mom and dad, would be benefited from me, your son, uh, I dedicated it to God so you can't have it. And they didn't do that because they were super religious. They tried to manipulate things in such a way so that they didn't have to give money, finances, or whatever to their parents, or maybe even their time, you know, trying to take care of them. Well, I've dedicated everything over to God, so I'm released from this commandment. And Jesus, he, I mean, he came down on them pretty hard. And he said, you are a hypocrite. This is what you say, but here's the reason why you're doing it. And he pointed out 
to their um their their lustful coveting heart over finances. So that's one you can break that commandment uh, or the fifth commandment, the sixth commandment, murder. Uh, I mentioned this in the previous well two of them two uh two programs ago uh, about murder in Naboth's vineyard because of coveting because Naboth wanted or excuse me because Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard he was okay and and Jezebel his wife was okay with taking the man's life solely to get it so coveting caused murder in that place adultery I mentioned this also about David uh, and Bathsheba and then what he did to Uriah so not only did coveting cause him eventually to murder Uriah Bathsheba's husband but coveting caused David to see this Bathsheba she, I don't know what she was doing, bathing up on the roof of her house, scantily dressed. Uh, and so that was a fault of her own there, too. But David saw, and he didn't go away. He kept on looking, kept on looking, and then said, get that lady to come to my house. He ends up having uh, sexual relations with her, commits adultery. And because of covetousness in his heart, he, desiring his neighbor's wife, well, there you go. That coveting happened, and adultery was committed. False witness or lying. Pharisees, they envied Jesus, so they made up lies to condemn him. They wanted to condemn him to death. Uh, and so coveting caused them to lie, which also caused murder. Look at that. I mean, a ton of them. They're all just kind of put together here. Stealing. Jacob stole, and well, for, I mean, first he was coveting the blessing that was for Esau. It was supposed to be Esau's blessing, and he wanted it. So he stole the blessing from him because coveting uh, of that started in his heart first. What a terrible situation. The whole realm, according to G. Campbell Morgan, of human interrelation is disorganized and broken up by the dishonoring of the Tenth Commandment. It's dishonored. The whole organization and interrelation of humanity is broken up and dishonored by coveting, is what he's saying. Coveting destroys neighborly love. When we covet, we don't treat people like a human being, like they ought to be treated. Uh, and it messes the fabric of society up. Covetousness destroys nations and puts people in poverty. Think about things like Walmart, Home Depot. They come into a certain area and they take out the little guy. I'm not saying that it's necessarily wrong for Walmart and Home Depot, but when you see a pattern over the course of years, they kind of take up a monopoly, and the little guys end up becoming slaves. The little guys' businesses fold up. They start working for these bigger companies. The little guys then have a problem because they think they can justify stealing from the big company as a sort of retribution like the Robin Hood complex, take from the rich and give to the poor. All of it's wrong. It's all coveting. It's taking something that doesn't, that doesn't belong to you, belongs to somebody else, and you're taking it for yourself. It's all wrong. Our nation is a fish with a hook in its mouth because of covetousness. People will go along with anything if they can have what they want. They'll do credit cards, food stamps, go on disability, uh, and they're doing it wrongly. And uh, same thing with like Obama cell phones. They can't, they can't, you know, take care of their own family. But at least they got an Obama phone. I mean, that was back some years back. But covetous breed, covetousness breeds discontent. I need more. This sin issues, therefore according to G. Campbell Morgan, in the breaking of the four commandments of the first table of the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments, it is for the accommodation of distorted human life that man has created other gods, themselves covetous and selfish, unsatisfied desire, moreover issues in the attempt 
to make some representation of God for the easing of conscience, which perpetually cries out for the authority of God. So the study of the Ten Commandments must therefore be closed with the confession of hopelessness. In it there is found the law of li- there is found the law of life, but not life itself. We're undone. It may be possible for men so to live as to escape the detection of their fellow men, but when God speaks to them in the secret stillness of the inner chamber of their being, uh, the their arresting word, thou shalt not covet. And when Jesus adds to that his word of exposition, everyone that looketh hath already in his heart, they bow their heads in the dust and say, we also have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Thus, the commandments bring men into the light of divine requirement and draw from the confession of guilt and leave them waiting for the deliverer. The commandments without the cross utter the sentence of death. Is that where you are, dear listener? Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com. Introduce yourself to me so we can meet together and set up a time to meet. And I want you to tell your friends about the broadcast and tell your friends about our social media accounts. But above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. Special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.